Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hi everybody and welcome back to Industry Tactics. Thrilled to have you back. I'm Friendly Rich, your loyal host, and on the podcast today we go deeper into this story of Rosedale Heights and the wonderful impact that Mr. Doug Friesen has had on so many young students. Uh, this is a Toronto musician, Samir Cash, and my talk with Samir, he's got a new album coming out next month, so we talk all about that as well. Uh, we get into some deep industry tactics with, with Samir. So enjoy this episode number 87. Here it comes now, the Egg Circus theme. so punctual what is this i know i actually was shocked as well what is this thing i've agreed to do is this a video thing or an audio thing audio thing so oh. no oh. need to look as as beautiful as you do but uh we'll take it we'll take it excellent um i will take a photograph though that being said if you would consent sure one take one take samir cash it's officially done welcome to Industry tactics. Oh, that's what this is. I that's what this I, is. I barely read your email. I was like, "Yeah, I'll chat with you." Sure, let's wrap. Let's wrap it out. Good, good. I like that. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that it was industry tactics. Not totally. I mean, I read it. Oh, yeah. I didn't, know, I didn't know what that meant. I said, "I guess." Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Do it. Well, so so like we could, we'll take it from a couple of different angles because, um, well, we've known each other quite some time, and I know you've been really active in the Toronto music scene. And then, so you've been on my list anyways to talk with about this uh, on, my, on the podcast. But then I learned that you did a little bit of time under the baton of the master educator, Sir Douglas Friesen at Rosedale Heights School of the Arts. So True. I also want to tie that in uh, sure. as loosely or tightly as we can into the conversation because I'm really interested just in the breadth of you know, how many people he has influenced in, in, mm -hmm. in the city of Toronto and beyond, you know? Um, yeah, his scene was a, like there, I, especially the grades above me. Uh -huh. He had a very big influence on some of those guys, you know, like the, uh, some of the bad, bad, not good guys and stuff, you know, that crew perhaps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When did, and when did you study with him? Like what grade were you in? Well, when I went there, I only went to Rosedale grade 11 and 12. Okay. I'm 28 now, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it was. Um, and, but so by that point, he wasn't the music teacher. I think at one point, like after I left, he yeah. since then stepped in as the main music teacher. But okay. he always led like smaller ensemble stuff. And I was never like very good, you know, at like, uh, you know. Like I came to Rose as a singer. I would just sit, you know, in band class, we'd do a song, you know, like a Steve, like Superstition or something, Stevie uh -huh. Wonder song or something. Uh -huh. and, uh, uh, or, you know, Ben Fold song. And I was a singer and I would just sit and wait for the band to learn the song. Oh, okay. uh, all that is to say that was that, but the um, Friesen, when I was there, taught guitar. So I took guitar class with him and he subbed in as, as the band teacher sometimes. But I knew that he played with Feist. Like, 
I was freaking, I remember being like, whoa, this guy's sick because I was listening to like sort of, you know, indie music and the music, you know, my, like I grew up yeah. really close with the Colette family. So Jason and those guys, like that scene, yeah. what I grew up in. So I knew that he had played, that he was this like, you know, he wasn't the idea of what a teacher is. He was not that, you know, some guy that is, yeah, tried a thing and didn't do it and then yeah. taught instead, you know, that's this idea that you have about, teaching within music i think as a young right. person he was doing it actively and no one really right. knew you know like people were in high you know high school kids weren't listening to like it was like me and like 10 of my friends who knew who feist was you know where yeah you know yeah. listening to pop radio or something you know right right well yeah it's, it just that that school seems like such a special place i really admire not only like yeah like from an e educator standpoint but just also like the breadth of like weirdo musicians from all walks that come out of that mm. and, and multiple generations of it too. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's not just, Oh yeah, there was a blip from like, you know, I, I, and, and a lot of it and not, not only on Doug, but like, I think all of the music teachers there that did a really great job in terms of like a well-balanced diet. You know, I was there. I don't know what it's like now, but like, mm -hmm a couple of the experiences that we had, I don't think they do anymore, like band trip, which was just this chaotic, yeah. epic thing. But right. that's, that shit is like, you can't, you, that's an experience you'll never get, you know, like, yeah, that was so crazy. It's it shaped us all. I think, you know, where did but, you go? What, what were some of your memories from those trips? Oh, we went, um, we went to Levon's place to the ramble to the barn and we, and then a wow. small, uh, a small combo opened so you know he had he has the midnight ramble show right yeah and we recorded there at the studio like wow. so you know using levon's kit it was a studio donald fagan was there because i think he has a kid Come with on. levon's daughter or something i don't know oh yes, yes, hanging yes. Around. like amy helm was there with her baby you know and we and there was 30 high school kids in their house they oh. lived there so we got to go there in the daytime uh, and record a, an album, which was like, you know, that's what you do every year. You do this band trip and you go to a studio somewhere, not in Toronto. Who hooked that up? That had been happening for some years. Um, what? Go going to Levon's place? No, going different places every year. Damn. So they... then, not only did we record there, we... Wow. A small combo of the band. Uh -huh. Like, you know, the band was huge. It was 50 kids or whatever, right? 60 uh -huh, kids. Uh -huh. A small combo, maybe a 10-piece band, opened the Midnight Ramble. And this was, Levon had just sort of gotten, I think he, this was, he was recovering from cancer. He was really sick. Okay. You know, he, okay. he, wasn't, he wasn't drumming when he was singing. He was just singing and playing yeah. mandolin, I think, or something. Uh -huh. So, and like wow. Como, Como had a band called Dear uh -huh. Sister with Raven and Bree. I don't know if you know those people. Yeah, yeah. Warner. They so like they opened with original music as a three piece, the Midnight Ramble, then this small combo band of Rosedale that I sang an Otis Redding song in, okay. after, and then Levon's cool. band played. I um, that okay. sounds like it was just like you talk about formative years. We went to New Orleans and went to the Jazz Fest. Wow, uh, wow, and uh, the wow. meters were playing, yeah, yeah. And were you there with, like, who are some of your colleagues that you still make music with, that are friends with, that went to Rosedale during grade 11 and 12? Like, who are, who are some of your Mine colleagues? There? Yeah, like, who are some of the Como. people you still keep in touch? Como? Aaron Como? Yeah. Uh, my buddy Jake Hogue, but also, like, um, just trying to think. A lot of the really like Evan Cartwright who plays in like us yeah. girl and, you know, plays with a bunch of bands. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of it, I remember when I got to Rosedale, the years above, it seemed like everybody was in a band. Wait, like, a like, band. like who? Like, like, um, like, so they, they were working musicians like that. Well, well, I mean, when I went to high school there, when I went, I went to Rosedale in grade 11, there was this band Spiral Beach and the, yeah, the, they come the, up a lot. Yeah. I remember the those guys now they yeah. were on the cover of now while they were in high school. How, how, you know? how and beautiful, yeah. man. How beautiful. Yeah. 
And so when I, but when I got there, they were just petering. And of course, from that band, a bunch of bands have popped out, you know, like Doldrums, I think one of, you know, they're two others and they have, I think from what I understand, pretty entrenched in the Montreal sort of DIY scene, like going back to, you know, Grimes era, sort of earlier 2000s stuff, you know? Cool, cool. Um, uh, Wow. But so, and when I got there, Spiral Beach had that, you know, they had left high school. They were sort of, petered out sort of a little bit or something yeah. Um, yeah. but there was you know yeah like some of the guys from bad band not good came out of there um yeah, yeah like three some of the guys that special played. sorry like, do, do you feel it was a special time like that that there was something you know I, i've actually been i've been thinking i think about rose a lot because yeah and i don't quite know how to frame this thing that I've been thinking of about it, but uh-huh. the I'm like, touching I, on it. I, I'm I, touching I, on it totally naively, by the way. Like no, I, no, no, I just no. just by paying attention to yeah. all the conversations. Oh, you went there as well. Like there's a huge yeah. list I have, right? Yeah. Um it felt very to me it was super intimidating. I came in grade eleven, you know, so I came yeah. from high school, Riverdale Collegiate, which was uh-huh. like uh-huh. a great straight school, you know, sport, sure. math. Sure. That's it, you know. So I went there I had like, you know, one of the only bands in the high school. We won Battle of the Bands every year. You know, like we came back in grade 11. I didn't even go to the high school anymore. And I went back in grade 11 because the rest of the band was still there. And we won it grade 9, grade 10, grade 11 against, you know. So so we felt like, I mean, I felt like I, I, you know, was this tiny kid with a massive head of hair. And like, you know, I stuck out so much. And then, so, you know, and there's, of course, a little bit of ego that starts to enter in there. Yeah, you know, uh, and then I went to Rosedale, and I was like, "Oh my God, these people are musicians!" Like, what was what the hell was I doing? I it's was it's sort of strip off in a way, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure, and and you know, to an extent, but to an extent, I Rosedale it is like it sort of indoctrinates like it's a very extreme sort of environment, really, you know, and it's very okay. sort of free in a way that if you know how to use that properly, like, yeah, I love Rosedale, but I don't. I don't academics. I didn't even think about the stuff we were learning. Now I learned it. Of course I retained it, the history and stuff, but you know, that place taught you how to like sort of socialize and exist in an environment with a lot of creative people and fostering creativity. You know, it's not like it necessarily taught me. uh, Yeah. It was just uh, the environment of it was more so what, like I would go, I would, I was happy to go and just, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I'd, you know, I'd go get to class. I'd put my bag down. I'd leave for 20 minutes. I'd come back and they did this thing where as long as your bag was in class, you were marked. As <laughs> great. I'd walk in, put my bag down. Great. I'd leave. I'd get a cookie. Wow. You know, I sneak into the wow. cafeteria through the back room. You got these old Polish ladies who are lovely. Yeah. Who yeah. just make cookies. They give you a cookie, chocolate milk. Walk around, you Sounds know, great. go have music class and then walk back to class and take some notes you know but i could pick it up quickly you know but the it seemed like everyone understood what they were trying to do like okay you know it wasn't like the the math like it wasn't like teachers for me were very like hard ass they sort of understood that the whole experience is what it's about you know what in terms of yeah, where were you going with that thinking along? Like I've well, been so in terms of, doing a lot of thinking and reflecting on In terms this. of feeling special, it did this thing where I think a lot of kids walked away with a lot of sort of disillusionment. I don't know if that's a word, but oh. disillusioned with sort of maybe the reality of the situation for like we, you know, it was like everybody yeah, okay. was amazing. Everybody was amazing and, and everyone was told that they were amazing, you know, and it felt very, it felt very special that you were there, but then within it, it's, it was very sort of, there was a hierarchy of skill and if the popularity thing was still there, but baked into being in bands, like, you know, it fed, I think it was very easy for ego to get fed into a lot of that stuff in high school, you know, so all the regular structures of high school are there, but picture, you know, movie setting band or dance or whatever your discipline was. Right. I think it put a lot of, so I think a lot of kids may be expected to have uh, expected that there would be a bit more of reward in this life of being an artist, you know, maybe a bit more hmm. uh, free flowing 
uh, sort of connection with society. You know, it's, it's, I think it's a lot more, it's a lot harder. That's, so it was a lot, you know what that's I mean? such an interesting take because I, like one of the things that I've just been, like, I, I, I guess I'm going to keep reflecting on this with you because I, what's drawn me towards wanting to, you know, I, I do a lot of weirdo music, so I come across it quite naturally in every, in a lot of circles I've been in, Mm-hmm. Boom, Doug Friesen, or boom, the name the name Doug Friesen will come up. I mean, I, I guess because I because I I know Doug, it was just like, oh, you studied with Doug, oh, you studied with Doug, and uh-huh. it's, and, and Samir, it's more than like once. It's like, this, yeah, 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 it's a recurring, recurring, recurring mm-hmm. thing, and it's and I, my theory has been all these people are like working in music in the yeah. city of Toronto, a really fucking hard city to work in music in, and. And okay, maybe not thriving to the point of like, I think I hear you on the front of um, it's a hard, it's a hard life, right? Like it's, it's hard to piece it together that this career in music, but I see people doing it in such interesting ways, all coming from that in this includes you all coming from that place of, so yes, it may have disillusioned a lot of people, but at the same time, um, no more than like, say a, a Humber or a U of T or a, right. Like, I mean, even after, like, I think it punches hard for its weight as a high school. Like, yeah. Yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. And that is why the people who, who are doing, you know, that's why it's, I think that's why it seems like so many prolific artists and stuff started from there because it does, it, it punched way above any other high school in terms of musical. Wow. Ability for sure, hundred percent. You know, like on a world class level now, it's just bizarre. I, yeah. like, I can't. And you know what? Probably way more than uh, way more than the people I know have come from. Like I feel like there's people that I don't even know they went to Rosedale that went to Rosedale. You know that I know yeah. and I'm friends with, and I don't even. I just because I'm I'm younger than a lot of these other guys. You know, like uh, like yeah. the freezing. Friesen taught a lot more music before I got there and after I left. The period when I was there, he, right. I think because he was on tour, honestly, like I, I remember him, he had taken time uh, off. Feist was touring or something. Like he was just busy. He was working. So he right. taught composition and guitar when I was there. And I took uh, those classes with him. Um, and he was amazing. I thought he was a very, uh, I don't think he ever got enough credit at that school actually. To, with the kids, you know, because he was very nice, and high school kids are so easy to take advantage of. Nice, uh, sure, very nice. That's, that's a bad formula, but I yeah. mean, the testament is there, and that's so many. But like you know, he brought. I remember in class, he subbed in a class, and he brought Christine Bougie in to do a wow. thing, and it's like how you know, I don't know if wow. you know her. Yeah, like how amazing for guitar, that's real life guitar. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, cool. um, the whole it never felt like one person was carrying you at that place you know yeah. it was in some sense the way the teachers were they they especially in the music programs because it's i think maybe it's just so hard to corral kids around instruments you know it was very free like it was very a lot of it didn't always have a ton of structure to it so uh, yeah. we yeah, all found ourselves so but, but what that does and maybe i don't know if i feel like it was by accident but it's brilliant because it's like you, they, you, I think they knew you couldn't teach music by forcing kids to play music. Like, yeah. You know, so what ended up happening is like a lot of the times, especially towards grade 12, I don't know if you know, like, you know, Jacob Damlin, uh, who's a phenomenal, he's a phenomenal arranger and uh, musician. He, I remember was teaching some of the class. He was a student. He was in, in our grade, but he wow. had charted, you know, he was a prolific, you know, wow. Uh, wow. artist, you know? And so wow. he would, char- wow. he would write arrangements for, whatever you know any sort of pop music and he would teach it and to know would sort of check in but it was it we sort of at a certain point were left to our own devices which let us find stuff you know some days we have music class i don't even remember playing an instrument like i don't know i remember a dude i remember a kid you know in um uh in music class, I was like trying to find some new music. He said, Oh, you know what? I have a whole hard drive of stuff. Let me give it all to you. And he gave me like 30, you know, 30 gigabytes of music and it changed my whole life. Like I didn't know, I didn't know where to find music. This was like sort of, yeah, yeah. 
right on the cusp of downloading and stuff. Sure, right? sure. You know that? Like, where are people finding all this music? All this like, you know, rap music that I didn't know. I didn't know how to access. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. all sorts of indie rock stuff. So it. Uh, anyway, that was wow. amazing. I didn't even touch an instrument, but so it doesn't matter what the class was about, really. You know. And yeah. and 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 what kind of? I mean, what was your? Yeah, what was inspiring you back then that that you kind of carry forward to to now? Like, like, kind of what was what what were you like as a young musician? Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've had such like a clear vision of what I've wanted to do for so uh-huh. long to an almost obsessive and like maybe disconcerting sort of way. You know, like it's 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 a tunnel vision that I, I've just kept uh-huh. it because it's easier than than you know, yeah, just the, the denial of being like, this is the thing I'm doing. I don't even know if I'm uh-huh. good at it. I'm going to do it, you know, because so, Why not? so I felt like in high school, I, I personally felt a bit separated because I wasn't like a player, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a songwriter when like, I don't, there were kids who wanted to be in bands and kids who wanted to like jam, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of these guys that you're talking about who, had the tutelage of Friesen, they're monster players. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I, I, I was never that. So I feel like I had a very, also going there from grade 11 on, I feel like I had a bit of an, a different experience of Rosedale than a lot of other yeah. kids. But I like always knew that I wanted to do music, but I also knew that before I went to Rosedale when I was at my other yeah. high school, you know? Okay. Okay. So it, it it came with me. It wasn't like I got there in grade nine and found it. And but boom. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, yeah. I think if you were okay. to talk to any other student yeah. that went there, they maybe found that there. Um, yeah, right, right, right. It wasn't the case for me just because I already had it and I and I was already wanting to do it. But that thing tapped me into I really found my people at that school, you know. Oh nice. I, I really found my my friends, you know, and I'm a pretty isolated person anyway you know i'm like yeah. only child divorced parents like went to a yeah. couple schools that's yeah. a lot so but you know i've known these same guys for 12 years now you know these are my yeah. oldest friends these there's like you know a couple of people and even you know my partner i went to you know raven i went to high school she went to rosedale so oh, we have yeah? some friends that went to rosedale that we still see and they're all in toronto still oh that's so nice that's so charming yeah no i mean it's it's a uh... It definitely has that family kind of vibe to it as you, as you kind of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, well, let's, um, I want to keep talking about your music education, but before we do, maybe we can link it to, uh, to this new release of yours and talk a little bit about yeah. kinda what sparked it. I know you were, it seemed like prior to this release, you were a little, dare I say, a, a, away from it. From for a little, mm-hmm. you're finishing. I know you're finishing a degree, right? Yeah, I went back to Ryerson to finish my bachelor's. It took me about eight years to do. Congratulations, man! <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you did finish, right? I think when I saw you, yeah, yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. What is your bachelor? What is it in? It's like I, I can't remember. Like, uh, it's sort of just like a, a culture studies degree. Arts and oh. contemporary studies is the program. Okay. But at Ryerson, I mean, it was actually very similar to Rosedale in its fluidity and, you know, mm-hmm. this specific program, uh, you could sort of pick from any sort of discipline, English, history, music studies, whatever. So, um, oh, wow. and that was cool. And those teachers were great because I was releasing music that entire time while I was there. Um, oh, okay. I went, yes. I went back and forth. I do like, I was doing part-time for many years. You know, I take one class a term. I see. Two classes a term. Okay. Okay. Um, after the initial like two years where I went straight up, but I put out, I put out, yeah, th- you know, two records and started recording a third all while I was doing that degree. Uh, you you got to do it. You got to yeah. do it. Yeah. And I, uh, and so you uh, this this last well the new release coming up in september what's the name of it the record's called this city it is called this city why don't we why don't we start with that tune i i was well if it's open if it's all right with you mm-hmm. i feel like that actually that tune captures a little bit of what you studied at, at ryerson if i dare say right like it's like uh yeah yeah 
I mean, a cultural, uh, definitely an observation of what's going on right now. Um, well, yeah, and it's and it's also stuff that I've lived sort of, you know, uh, like I, my last place I lived was in Parkdale and it was this tiny apartment and it was, even for me bartending, it was hard for me to cover that rent. It felt like growth mobility upwards was impossible, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then thinking about all the other people that like bartending, you can make money at it. But like, so if I'm struggling... As yeah. a bartender who can make some money sometimes. Yeah. What the hell is everybody else doing? You know? Right, right, right. So it definitely, yeah, I definitely, and I definitely took like a lot of, there were a couple classes at Ryerson that just, you know, there was a history of Toronto class where you learn about oh, wow. history of, of blighting neighborhoods and stuff and, you know, how the, the history behind housing projects and stuff, which yeah. I love, uh, you know, I have. Fascinating. I, yeah, really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Well, here it is. Um, this is this city uh, from the from the upcoming release from Samir Cash coming out in September, right? Yeah, baby. Right on. We work until we're shattered in this basement. Counting the tips we made and then drank away. Smoke sticks like a second skin That I shed time and time again Until the buzz kicks in And the streetlights shine like they know how it ends If this city keeps pushing me out I'd like to see it Live without me, like to see it Live without Just give me one good reason I should stick around I've been living in a make or break I've been giving just to see you take I hear it in the voices of my Side of the 401 If this Yeah, congratulations. That is one catchy tune. My God. Thank you. What that one, what well, it felt like, it felt like, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, sometimes I'm trying to find clarity in songwriting sometimes. And that one was like, okay, this is clear. I know the idea, you know, I don't always know. You don't always know what it's about, but it was yeah. nice to have one that you knew what it was about. That doesn't always happen. So. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, keep keep it clear. Keep it clear, as we like to say. And um, <laughs> so, 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 did you? Um, let's talk a little bit about the record overall. It sounds great. Um, are yep. you are you producing that yourself? What what's the no? So my my 
old pal, uh, his name's Matthew Bailey. Do you know Matt? Yes. Matt yes. He produced it. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I just heard the new, uh, what is it, the release he did with Dave Clark. That, that oh, yeah, yeah. I forget what it's um, called. It's uh, bizarre, though, but. the what, Yes. Oh, I, I'm, I, it's bothering me that I don't know the name of it. Uh, it's unbelievably beautiful. And that production yeah. struck me there, too. So that's all him, right? That's yes. Alien. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, so, he, so he did all, like, the synth, cool. like, a lot of the sort of synth and mood he really set the mood on a lot yeah. of stuff which is what yeah. i needed and you know i had gone through a two-year a two-year exploration to record this record i've been making oh. this forever full circle you know bailey played in my band sam cash uh -huh. and the dogs for uh -huh. years you know he was on all the rec both the records that wow. we made he played, he left at a point. It was sort of, this was when I was starting to feel like I needed to like, I wasn't having fun with it anymore. Yeah. yeah. It felt like we had had these opportunities. I didn't quite know how to capitalize on them or how to make them grow my whatever career. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How, I didn't, wasn't clicking with me. We'd begin these opening gigs and it was great, but we could never sort of transition over to, to headlining stuff. Yeah. Um, Hey, this wasn't having fun. Band was, we were sort of scrapping a bit more. So Matt had sort of backed out already and that was mm -hmm. fine. And we, I had a couple gigs that year and we got set, you know, we hired, I hired dudes to step in. Yeah. And then I sort of took some time off, started to write some tunes at my friend Jonas's place. Then that took what, however long time, you know, maybe a year of writing or something. Okay. Uh, but I only wrote these songs that are on the record. Oh wow! Not like I wrote like fifty tunes. I and just you scrapped on, some. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you worked on these Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the first time I thought of it like a record. I was like, okay, so like because previously I just write and I would just pick my ten favorites and put it on a record. Yeah, you know, this I was like, this was it was these nine songs. The, I actually have mm -hmm. a post-it note on my fridge wow. that I wrote three years ago. That's uh -huh. a track list. That's almost exactly what this wow. record ended up being. Oh, I love that. So you talk about the clarity that came to you with that song. It's, it's the clarity that came to you with, with this album. Not to say that you didn't work extremely hard to get it out the way exactly it's, it's sounding right now. Then the production process was another year-long thing of okay. finding a producer. I, went, I worked wow. with so many people. Wow. I went to LA. I tried to find the... I, try, I got in with this sort of a bit more of a hotshot yeah. crowd. Yeah. Like, you know, and thought that I could get that sound and it was great. And it, but it wasn't the thing I was looking for. Like it became clear to me that it wasn't about, didn't have anything to do with the name attached to whoever was smart. Made. It smart. was about something that I was hearing that I didn't know how to explain. So I would just had to keep trying. So I've got some of these songs I have about five versions of fully produced out. Great. Version. I'd love to hear a comparative. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just out of, out of, out of interest in terms of how drastically different mm -hmm. maybe even say that last tune this city came out with that's really interesting that you workshopped it in that way and then what's funny is is i went through all these people a lot of sort of you know i, I yeah in your head of going for big name dudes yeah and so sure and then went to for people that i know in toronto and it ended up being who i made it with was matt who was just my right buddy back to as a little know. Yeah. Shed, you know, behind a Chinese yeah. restaurant on Ex Street, you know? Exactly, exactly. I hear such good things about it. Yeah. That is that is a cool story, and I'm really happy with the ending. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, so, and maybe that speaks to your maturity as an artist now, as a growing artist, that you're not, that you were not so quick to jump at the L.A. name or the, you know what I mean? That you actually went with, yeah. but uh -huh. it sounds like you did it for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it comes out because it's as I said, what 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 I heard of of this record is um, is is really beautiful, and and it just yeah, I think that comes across. Thank you. I, I like hearing how long it takes sometimes. Like it's yeah, you, you know what I mean. And it it doesn't necessarily, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily. Um, at the end, it's it's a, it's like what you take from the experience, but it, it is nice to hear your journey to it. You know. Um, yeah, I love that. I love 
I love yeah. stories of how records are made, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, but I also, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like a very impatient person. So to, and I did actively take mm-hmm. time off from, from the previous thing. You know, that was a conscious choice of like, you did. I told yeah. our booking agents, Hey, like, I don't think I like, not that gigs were coming in, but you well, know, that's what I, I thought I had heard that. I'm, yeah, I you know, and I worked. I was I didn't like being broke, you know, like yeah, yeah. This is the thing about this coronavirus stuff with with the music industry. People not touring. It's like, uh, you know, I don't know if we could tour. I wouldn't be. I'd be touring. I wouldn't be making money. It's not like I'm losing a bunch of money by not touring. You, in a way, in a way, you were ahead of the curve. Well, yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it you know, it's such a money hit for so long, and we never. I, you know, I could always break even. I found a way to make, yeah. break even. Not always, yeah. but towards the end. But yeah, um, yeah so I, I worked a lot. Like I made it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I went back to school to finish. I had yeah. two credits to do left. Good two for credits. you. Good for you. you know, and then I thought about teaching for a bit. I, it got to the point where I didn't know the reasons I was doing it for anymore. And, okay. and there was this story I had told myself that I was going to do this music thing story I've told myself since I was six years old, literally, you know, I mean, there's wow. you can find of, you That's know, I, I, there's tapes that, yeah. yeah, there's tapes I have, have when I kid about, or when I've, when I was a kid of like, yeah, you know, taking my dad's guitar and not knowing how to play guitar, taking his tape recorder and his guitar yeah. and making a record, but yeah. singing words, you know, but uh, not knowing how to play. So just strumming, just open strumming. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's this story I told myself and then it got to a point where, it sort of was what I thought, you know, all I wanted to do was play the horseshoe. That's all I want. You know, all yeah, I wanted yeah. to do was head on the horseshoe. I did it. I was like, Oh my God, amazing. But then I got too drunk that night and it was a uh-huh. whole terrible experience. Uh-huh. So you start weighing the reality of what it is versus the story you tell yourself it's going to be. Uh-huh. I had to take a minute to feel like, to realize why I was doing it because it felt like I was running in, in place for the last six months of that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate that. And I, I also appreciate like your honesty in terms of like some of the checks of like why you do it. And, 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 and man, if it's not putting a smile on your face, if it's not like you said earlier, like if it's not fun anymore, then like shake it up or re-examine why and how you do it, how you bring it to life. Right. Um, yeah. A big question for me is like the influence of your parents on your career. Like, uh, I mean, I know they're both like deeply immersed among other things in their lives in music, right? That, that, that what I know of both of your parents. So yeah. can you talk about that and how maybe that came into play? Like I, I also look at you as like one of these figures in Toronto, you know, I've, I've interviewed uh, Devin Cuddy. Mm-hmm. I, I love the, like, I'm not like my parents are not in music at all, you know? So I, I just interested in that perspective as well of like, there's almost this like scene of like, yeah, you remember the show, the Muppet babies, <laughs> like, yeah, like all like this younger generation of, yeah. which I find like charming and, and really interesting. But from your perspective, like, what is that, man? That's so complicated for me. I don't know. I think about, I just think about stuff. That's all I do is I think about stuff. So for me, yeah. I've thought of, you know, I think about this a lot mm-hmm. uh, and it is definitely cool, but it also, Hmm. is complicated, you know? I'm trying to do my, you know, at a certain point, it, it becomes hard to separate yeah. yourself from that. You know, they're very, um, you know, they're very, very large shadows in this industry. Not even really in terms of, you know, a lot of people don't really know who they are, you know, yeah. in, in terms of regular people, but in terms yeah. of the, the hundred people who run the music industry in Canada. Right, right, you know I mean? right, and right. So I've always been very, very conscious of hmm. nepotism. Very mm-hmm. conscious of it. In that, I, you know, the, I've thought the worst thing about myself. You know what I mean? I've thought anything worse than anyone else would think about it. Not that people would think something, but yeah, uh, I'm sure they have. You know, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. getting some pretty sweet gigs. Um, so, uh, and that, and at a certain point, there, I can't control that. You know what I mean? That yeah. thing happening. But I know I can be comfortable in myself knowing that, like, I've worked pretty much my entire life to do this. You know, this yeah. is not yeah. a yeah. hobby of mine. And even going back to the Rosedale thing, like, even in high school, I was dead serious about this shit. And yeah. all the, 
but everyone else just wanted to get drunk and jam. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. no way. What are you talking right. about? Let's get a show together. Let's book something, you know, right. let's right. put a bill together. Let's sell some tickets. Right. You know? Right. So I've always been doing that. And it's, huh. um, so, and, and with my parents, they've, they're amazing. I mean, they're, you know, yeah. Mom's in music management. My dad, uh, yeah. you know, used to be a very active in the Canadian music industry and, you know, was yeah. sort of an early Canadian uh, in the States as well that, you know, so they've, the, you know, I also, they also have had so many cool things that nobody knows about happen. And they're actually, I think, very uh -huh. significant in the uh -huh. creation of a, of a, of what we know as the Canadian music scene, sort of in a right, way. Right. Right. In right. That, in that when they were working, that was the Rio's era. There was like eight bands. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. you know, there was barely right. any bands touring. Right? Isn't that something? It's um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, but in that same breath, like this whole musical journey that I've been on has been a quest to like find my individual path. You know, even with making the record, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. nothing else mattered other than finding getting this thing that I heard in my head. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so with and that is probably factors into them being so prominent in figures in in the music industry and in my life in the industry i also work in because i'm trying to yep. do my own thing and they're they're you know like you know it's it's amazing the amount of conversations i have with people who the first thing they say is how are your parents you know oh Which man cool. and, and that's it right like, i get it that, that, that's like yeah. like how's your dad it's like i don't know he's a fucking he's a dude i don't know he's start with me like yeah, yeah exactly what, what about I'm me i mean he's got I mean, three children and a dog he's sitting at home <laughs> doing nothing not to me <laughs> so t tell me about that though because i think that you are touching on it right that the idea of like well one i appreciate your honesty in saying that that it's like yeah that is a that's a dance right like that's a a bit of a yeah. it sounds like a bit of a struggle to manage that and i would imagine it's the same for Devin cuddy it's the same for you know dweezil zappa it's like how do you how do you separate like your parent from your career i get that and then but then the other thing is like how helpful have your parents been in terms of advice? Um, oh, uh, I, mean, I mean, I send my dad everything. I before yeah. I anything but, writing stuff, I send him everything. You know, I mean, yeah. my you yeah. know, and uh, yeah. So, and because my dad resides on the more creative side, so we're just talking about how to make sure my this song my soul is happy. You know what I mean? Okay. My mom, on the other hand, my mom's like you know, mom's top dog, so she's like you know, she. She, uh, we have, we have, we have funny discuss, you know, we just talk about the music industry. That's all, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, because there are different types of industries within this industry. You know what I mean? So. Ooh, industry we, tactics, industry tactics. Well, there you go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we always are having conversations about, you know, uh, and yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, look, ever, I think I think she's starting a label right now. Like it's you know she's holy she's shit. taking off. She's having like she's entering the um, I don't know this like whatever you know she's like wow. uh, this new phase. Of, she's like in a third wow. phase of existence or something. She's level. Wow. She you know what it is? She gives less of a fuck every you know. She just no, doesn't nothing care. Wrong, nothing she's wrong with God, that. Well, I'm just gonna do what I want to do. So she's like, I'm gonna start a label. All right do it we need we need more uh, of that yeah tell yeah. me um you have a record coming out in september yeah we're, we're talking via zoom right now on account of the covid um you know you've sort of said that touring maybe was a break-even venture at like let's actually just touch on the industry tactic mm. but like how you put out this city and what some of your strategies are to get the most people to listen to it, you know? Sure. Well, and you know, this is what's interesting is the music industry has grown so fast. And like my last record came out in 2016. And prior to that, I had been putting out a record every sort of year and a half for that mm. three years, four years before that, you know, mm. or, uh, yeah, you know, I put out one in, sorry, every two years I had one out for a couple of years. So, okay. but between 2016 and now, so much has changed and I haven't put anything out. So I've just been watching what's been yeah. happening, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember when I put out my record in 2016, we were distributed by Warner and they said to me, like, hey, there's this new thing on Spotify called playlists. Spotify makes these playlists now. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, so Warner's going to make a playlist. It's this company. We're going to put you on these playlists. You got to share it on Instagram so that these playlists put like the, the entire industry is based around playlists right now. But when I put my record out, this, this was a new thing that they were just okay. talking about, you know, okay. so it's so different, you know, and I feel like when I put out a record in 2016, we were still focused on the old model. It was still a bit of a last yeah. gasp against whatever, right. you know? Right, right. Um, some last jolt of like, oh, Radio. people buy CDs. Yeah, and like, you yeah. know, this sort of traditional music model. Sure. Where clearly we're in a whole different vibe right now. And it's yeah. great because I feel like it has for the most part settled into a bit of a groove. Whereas uh-huh. I think you could argue if you look at like, you know, between 2016 to 2019, what mm. maybe the crucial changes that happened there, yeah. I feel like putting out music in that time was very tumultuous because yeah. new things were happening so quickly. Yeah. Now I think it has settled down a little bit. So there is, so, you know, playlisting is a, is a focus, which is like breaks my heart, okay. to feel, you know, because it seems so trivial and, you know, our best, our best hope in this industry is to get song number seven on a gym playlist. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right yeah. But, but i also understand the fucking game this is the thing you know if you're yeah you can, if you want to write music and just write music and not get it out there that's cool but if you are choosing to participate in yeah. the system that exists yeah yeah we got uh, there's got to be give and take of course it's a corrupt i mean really look at the end of the day the entire music industry is a corrupt piece of garbage like there this the industry is on fucking corruption and gangsters and racism and all this shit like you know i don't know mm-hmm. they, they go into it in that podcast 1619 i don't know if you've okay. yeah. read that new york times like a four-part sort of podcast okay um, i'll check it uh, about just the about just the idea that race is you know racism and slavery is the foundation of america basically you know that is what mm-hmm. and it's a four-part thing and they sort of go into specific areas mm-hmm. and they have a whole thing about the arts and music industry wow wow and so anyway Wow. The game's fucking rigged. Whatever. We move yeah. forward with that. I don't know. I'm like, all right, yeah. how can we get in on this? I don't know. I would love to yeah. see some changes as well because the game is rigged. But so anyway, that was a yeah. lot, lot off base. But no, no, no. That's why we're here. Putting it out. Yeah. So within regards to that, so knowing all of that, that the uh-huh. whole thing, yes, I'm like, okay, well, really, there's no rules right now because. I had a, you know, first of all, I sent this to so many labels and no label would even got back to me. So I was like, whatever. Okay. Uh, you know, um, there were, there were, you know, because especially within the Canadian industry, there are a lot of great people in this industry, of course. And I sent it to people and they were very nice and got back to me, but it's always, you know, it hit a wall. There was never, Hey, I'm going to introduce you to this person. He's going to really help you out. It was like, Hey, this is your record. Thanks for sending it. Yeah. Whatever. I understand that. It's not a big deal. So, um, I basically, my friend, you know, post-war p- ended yeah. up, before records ended up picking up this, this record, I had already scheduled a release date for it. Like, because I couldn't oh. find the label, but I had to get all the other stuff together. I had, a, okay. you know, I, I also really benefited from a factor grant for this record, which yeah. okay, great. I had never gotten a factor grant before. And it took me, you know, a year and a half of applying for it to get yeah, it. But it sounds it, about right. It Good wouldn't make this record without it. And I didn't really realize even how deep it went. I didn't know wow. how much those grants can help. Wow. Because it's not just one lump sum of money. There's stages after you can access money to make wow. videos and all this stuff. You really... So once I had that... Great. Money that Factor could give you if you do all the stuff you're supposed to do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far exceeds what a label would invest in a new artist right now. Far exceeds it. You know That's what I nice mean? To hear. So, yeah, it's nice to hear. So, nice workaround. So then I started just doing stuff myself. I got photos. So, okay. So I go, because I go, okay, what do I need? How do I f- put out a fucking record? I don't know. You so got I, beautiful photos. What is that? Is that a, a pomplamoose? What the fuck is in your hand? In that? I don't know. I call them. What bliss. is that? A blood orange? Uh, uh, right. We got some stuff. Yeah. So it became, a, and look, this is what also became about, because previously I had, you know, I was burning out on the industry a bit and it felt like yeah. fun and it, everything seemed that there was an ulterior motive. Just and it was formulaic in a way too, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So then coming up on this new thing, I go, okay, if I got to do this, I got to get mm-hmm. this stuff. Okay. A label isn't coming to me right now. There's no management coming to me right now. What do I do? I got to get this thing out. 
-hmm. Okay, what do I need to do? Okay, so if I got to get all these things, if I got to get photos, if I, I got to get a bio together, okay, let's yeah. try and be creative as I can be. There's no rules. No one's telling me I got to do something. No one wants to talk to me right now. So, hmm. <laughs> you know, let's just do something. You Make know, the opportunity. Yeah. My partner, Raven, is like an yep. uh, extremely talented visual sort of creative director, and she has worked with a bunch of companies. So she sort of has been doing this with me, the visuals. That's exciting. Beth Hines was the photographer, amazing. And that photo shoot, you know, I hate photo shoots. I've never been comfortable in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. That was the first time where I was like, you know what, let's just have some fun. And like, I love the photos. I think they're hilarious, you know? It comes off, man. It comes off. Yeah. So, uh, and then, and then by that, but then eventually post-war came in, but by that point I had already gotten everything together. I shot, I really wanted to have a visual component for every song on the record. Wow. So I have shot about, I have about 10 videos wow. that wow. I am just now rolling out for the year. I love them. I love what I've seen of them and, so far. And it's all shot by the same guy, same crew, wow. all shot in a week. Great. Very smart. Very three, three music videos, six live videos. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then we played this show at the Burdock, which was right before COVID, the day before. So March Friday. 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. 12. And Colin, same guy, shot three videos of that show. That's, too. that's right. That's right. I was trying to go to that show, but I had a show that night. That was the last yeah. show that I played. Yeah. Well, yes. So I got 12, you oh, know, man. so in terms of release, you're just talking about the release stuff. Like I have 12 yeah. videos. Oh, great. Because I really did, I released my last record, Tongue and Cheek Vows, which was a Romantic Dogs record. Uh-huh. As the Cameron Records thing was starting to dissolve a little bit. Yes. super into that, but it did, because there was a sure. point where it sort of dissolved itself. Yeah. Um, much love and respect to those guys. Those guys are my, you yep. know, yep. family. Yeah. Um, but... I sort of put that record out a bit by myself in that the, yeah. the, the dissolution happened around while I was putting this thing out. So I sort of picked up the back half by myself and I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I didn't, I had wow. never done that before. So I learned a lot. So in terms of this, I wanted to have everything ready before I started putting stuff out. That's I didn't smart. To, I didn't want to just have one video and put it out. And then while I'm promoting that. Now, after now what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to have oh. everything. So I said to the I said it was Raven doing visual direction. Her sister Aurora took a bunch of behind the scenes photography, which we've also been putting out. Cool. Beside the more sort of uh, yeah. posed stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them wow. two and Colin and me went up to my buddy Jonas Benetta's place, who has this band Evening Hymns. Oh yeah, great. Go up there in the sort of the wow. country. So we shot videos. Yeah. Awesome. And then we did live videos in his place, in his studio. Oh, wow. You, I, said to them, I said, we got X amount of money. I need, I want to shoot uh, nine videos yeah. in, in, in five days. Great. Sounds and, like fun. And we, all, we basically did it. We were one video short and we're going to do it this week. But we almost Love did. it. Love it. Love it. You definitely have a plan. I... Man. It's the first time I've ever had a plan. Yeah, yeah, um, great. And, you know, but of course, even that's changed with the, you know, of course, then COVID happened. So that changed everything. And then, you know, all the various lights being shone on various sort of yeah. social issues right yeah. now also has definitely put things into perspective for me a bit. So I am yeah. trying to be conscious of that. Yeah. I also know that I've basically, I can't really... I think if, 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 if the COVID stuff, if all this stuff would have happened before I even put stuff out, I think I would have probably waited because it's just so... Sure, sure. ...every day. We don't know... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I, I, I had already started putting it out and I've also had spent untold amounts of money, borrowed money, every penny I've fucking saved up. Yeah. And I can't, I've hired everyone. I can't really take it back. You know what I mean? So the plan for, yeah. the plan for September, will, will you... Go, that, but that changed. We were supposed to put a record in July. I see. So, but will you go? So, you've already delayed it on account of um, COVID, I guess, for no other no, and, and, and the state of the world. But before that, we had also been delayed. Like it had been kept, it's yeah. gotten pushed back for uh, you know, almost like I was trying to put it out in December 
I see. I see. That's, that, 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 I mean, and 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 you're you've been waiting and you've been putting work into rethinking it and reevaluating it, which I think is part of the story of it. Yeah. You, sure. Come September, we don't know if there's going to be a live music, um, you know, a, a world. I, I don't. How does is. that factor in? I don't think it's coming back till at yeah. least twenty-two. So how does that factor in? I don't know. So in terms of the release, what we've been doing is like, um, I'm seeing it as an opportunity where, okay, so previously nice. to this, yeah, 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 definitely an opportunity, I think. Yeah. Um, Good. Now I'm in a fortunate situation because I already shot all this. I already have all the materials. You've got so the content. Yeah. I'm just working online right now, you know, and yeah. it sounds so like, lame to talk about social media or to talk about numbers or something you know what i mean but man the reality of the scenarios is that i think this music can, is made for some people yeah and i need people to hear it for well that. it sounds kind of old world to even map a when's your release show like sure yeah 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 right that, so you know like so, I mean, yeah. yeah so i think that uh i I've seen it as an opportunity to previously I'd be trying to really focus on touring and I would be doing social media as minimally as I could because mm -hmm. I despise it deep down, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, in the way that you do as an artist who's just trying sure. to make art and doesn't want to deal with the shit in between, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yes. But, but you know, it's important, you know, you sh you're shooting yourself in the foot by not, there's like a self-sabotage in it by not focusing on it, knowing that you have to do it. And yeah, I'm just, you know, I could put all my attention on trying to tour. Meanwhile, the touring is dismal as well. Cause you're sometimes yeah. on the opening slots where no one cares about what you're doing. And that's not necessarily the thing to focus on right now. Anyways, right. right. Again, how are we, again, how are maybe old world hearing about your music. If you're coming right. to Guelph, Ontario, yeah. Why are you going to Guelph, Ontario? How are people even going to come see you playing? You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you need to get those those that stuff out there online anyway, regardless. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm using this as an opportunity to do that because cool. I got nothing else to do. Now I don't know if I'm I don't quite know how to do it, you know. And I do think I'm living a bit too much on my phone these days, but um, mm -hmm. I am trying to see it as an opportunity to. So we've been trying to do Good. trying to really figure out how to get effective ads on social. Okay. You know what I mean? So that we're okay. actually boosting streams are going up right now. Follows are going up. Comment, you know, it's all going up right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's not like there's some grand label plan. We've just got some videos out that yeah. we've been promoting, you know, a bit. Yeah. And, and that actually for me is fine because I need, I want to build cool. it slow. Anyway. I've been going slow the past three years. Yeah. So even in terms of the release, people right now are releasing records with a month's notice. I basically yeah. am doing a nine month record cycle right now, which yeah, seems man. crazy because it's not, yeah. I don't think people are doing that, but whatever. I don't know. This is slow music. So I want people to listen to it. So I, think it's, I, I don't know, man. I think it's really cool where you're at. I think you have a, like, I, I, you know, we haven't really spoken too much over the years, but I've always admired kind of, you know, everything I've heard of yours and, uh, and, and what's really interesting about it too, is just, I love the, the place you're in right now, like the clarity of like, and, and, and just knowing that you, you don't know all of it. Right. And you're kind of figuring out it like, that's charming too. It's just like part of the journey is just to go through this. Right. And yeah, I'm excited for you. I, I, um, I also love the fact that like you, you've put so much thought into this plan and just seeing kind of how it develops thinking that the the industry especially the music industry is is turned on its side right now it's an it is, i like the fact that you're looking at it as an opportunity to to be creative to kind of flex a different muscle mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. all of that i also noticed that you were in the middle of all of this if you could talk a little bit i know we probably got to go soon but if you could talk a little bit about the the studio that you launched in the middle of all this, like very entrepreneurial. I just want to know kind of um, how that plays into to your model, to, to how you're getting by with all of this, you know? Yeah, well, the studio happened a bit before the pandemic stuff. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, but you're talking about within just the stuff that I've been doing with the record, you're saying? Um, that and just like uh, all of the, your creative pursuits, yeah. like it's just yeah. a beautiful thing in the midst of your world. 
Yeah, the studio came about um, just, yeah, you know, it's like my, my mom's company and artist made this sort of move to, to open the studio. Um, and with the, with the focus on sort of a very, you know, sort of a bit of a hub, an artistic hub for people, um, mm -hmm. their artists and for writers and stuff. It's, you know, right downtown. Um, and yeah, I just got swept up into the tornado of it, you know? Wow. Wow. Um, and what and, was your role in helping it along? Like, did, did well, they built the building. They built the room yeah. already. Um, uh -huh. but it was sort of a matter of just finding out what you need for a studio. I don't know. I've been in studios. I've never ran a, you know, I, right. a lot of it was YouTubing. I had to plug in a fucking preamp or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know. How it looked like you worked really hard on, on that, you know? So. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was about finding the instruments and the gear and the layout. And then now it's just wow. about it and, and, you know, maintaining it and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, so I've become a bit, a bit more of a gearhead recently. Neat, neat. Uh, a very, a very noob gearhead. Um, did you, um, did it? Does it play into your new record at all, or was your new record done by the time the studio opened? You know what? We no, we were do. We were actually recording it while the studio was being built. So like, we did okay. a lot of it at Bailey's place, the Emirate okay. Black. We did some of it at Union. Okay. Um, I had started some of it at Jonas's place. And we did some in this room before there was anything in it. So basically we spent a day loading Matt's entire studio in, into here. You know, Whoa. he has little gator case, portable rack units and stuff, you know, brought wow. his chair, brought his computer, brought awesome. you know, wow. Wow. Uh, and just set up here for a week to demo stuff. But we didn't actually okay. in its current sort of vibe. That's cool though. That's cool to know that it, 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 as part of a, at least the pre-production, it, it played yeah. a role, eh? Yeah, yeah and we, you, have to, you have to sort of break the rooms in, as the room in, uh, which yeah. I've learned. You, know, you, you can only find out, really, if stuff works properly if you just use it a bunch, you know? Yeah, sure. That we, we, before the COVID stuff, we, we, were, we booked this studio. You know, I don't, I'm, it's, this isn't my personal space. Yeah. Um, but then the coronavirus thing happened, we stopped booking, and so it was a godsend for me because I could then I could use it. So I've been using it a lot the past wow. couple, past month. Wow. Uh, and we're just sort of slowly starting to open up. Cool, man. Well, I, um, I won't take too much more of your time. I do, do really appreciate the honesty and, uh, and the clarity with what, with which you, you brought to this conversation, Samir. People are spending so much time trying not to be honest and they're making so much effort to, for bullshit all the time. Just say yeah. the thing you want to say and then get move on. Amen. Amen. Until uh, I get in trouble. Hopefully I won't get in trouble. But no, no, no. You're uh, all right. So tell me, um, what's a, a, a track from the, your new record that you'd like to end on? Let's leave it to you to set it up. Um, I like Keep Kicking. That's a cool song. I think you got it. Keep Kicking, my friend. Cool track. All right. Cheers, brother. Indeed. Love you and all the best to you, okay? Cheers, man. All the best. After I start.
exploded on Saturday night Cause they'd rather get loaded than kick up a fight Now they're sitting there silently just sipping beer quietly Then she just shouts out loud told you this whole place is wicked and we all huddle close when the fog starts to thicken i've been talking to ghosts but i don't think they're listening when your back's against the ropes you just gotta keep kicking Wow, what a tune. That was Keep Kicking from Samir Cash's upcoming record out on September 11th called This City. Samir, thanks for opening up and talking about early influences, your education, Doug Friesen, the whole thing. Rosedale Heights, I wish you all the best with that upcoming release. If you want to learn more about what's going on in my world, go to FriendlyRich.com. And uh, we'll see you again soon on Industry Tactics.